This episode of 100 Not Out proudly brought to you by our 2020 longevity experiences to the Greek island of Ikaria and the Italian island of Sardinia. Come to one or both blue zones with us for an unforgettable bucket list trip of a lifetime. Live with the locals, make the food, eat the food, drink the wine and discover the longevity lifestyle with a select group of like-minded people just like you who will become friends for life. Activities include stunning hikes, cooking classes, essential oil workshops, festivals and dancing, grape stomping and wine, foraging with the locals and so much more. For dates, highlights, videos and all the details and to apply, go to 100notout.com. Group size is limited to 16 and applications processed on a first-in, first-serve basis. TheWellnessCoach.com Streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello and welcome to episode 345 of 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Marcus Pierce here with you and as always, it gives me great pleasure to introduce the star of the longevity film. Here's Dr. Damien Christoph. <laughs> Hello, brother. Uh, I'll be your co-star, I reckon, because uh, you're the star of the show. Jeez, that white jacket of yours looks unbelievable. I well, can't... I've never seen you wear a white jacket, but it brings out the blue in your eyes. How are you, Piercy? <laughs> I'm so good. I've uh, I got um, an email through from the um, from the Oscars from the from the what are they yeah. the uh, foundation? Who are they? Anyway, uh, anyway, our good people at uh, at the Oscars. You, you got the email, not me. Uh, you got the email. No, because I wanted to let you know that you've been nominated for best supporting act in a documentary, and I've been nominated for best cameo um, in a documentary, and I think you might be. The only nomination, uh, so I think you're a guarantee. Uh, I think I'm in the uh, mix uh, with about five or six others. So, um, uh, you know, before we... before the next Academy Awards, I want to heartily congratulate you on your efforts because the Longevity film is one of the great films of the year and it has been written, directed and produced by, well, let's say he's our great friend. We love, we're not going to name call, but we can genuinely call our guest today one of our great friends. Uh, he is a star of the wellness world. This is his second film, the director, producer, writer, creator of the longevity film, Mr. Carl Brock. Welcome to 100 Not Out. Hey, boys. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> what an introduction. He's, what an he's so good at the intro. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unreal. Mate, this is, I'm, I'm so honoured that we're doing this uh, podcast with you, Carl Broccoli, because I know <laughs> that right now at this moment, um, you must be still out on the surfboard somewhere in the middle of the ocean because <laughs> it's only 10.41. You don't get off the surf until 11. So I know that uh, you're surfing. What's it like out there? It was an early start this morning. 10.30 was a bit of a push, but when it's such a prestigious podcast, I had no choice but to say yes, boys. So I've already been for my swim, my little Maddie Mushroom, and now I'm here sitting in the backyard in the sun. How good is that? Living the dream. Living the dream. <laughs> That's great. Kale, uh, yeah, obviously had a lot of fun filming uh, for the longevity film and uh, clearly great talent in the film. Um <laughs> <laughs> What did you learn? Like, what did you learn while you were doing this? Tell, actually, tell us first, where did you go to uh, to film? Because you went to three special locations. Where did you go and why did you choose those locations? Yeah, I mean, you and I, I think we spoke after Okinawa, 
we had a little chat on the podcast. And so that was my first destination was Okinawa, which is an island south of Japan to the east of Taiwan. And then we went to Loma Linda in California, uh, which is also one of the longevity cultures, one of the blue zones. And then we went to Korea in Greece, which you guys obviously know all about. And we did um, not avoid, we just didn't get to go to Sardinia or the Nicoya Peninsula in uh, Costa Rica. So the reason we chose um, those particular locations uh, were mostly logistical, uh, but in terms of Loma Linda, I thought that was probably the most curious blue zone, I think, uh, because if we look at the four of the the blue zones, we find them in beautiful tropical holiday-style destinations, right? But you look at Loma Linda and there's no geographical protection or separation between them and the rest of California. And yet within this suburb, uh, people are living 10 years longer than people outside of that suburb. Uh, and, you know, the, the neighbouring suburb, mind you, San Bernardino, one of the highest murder rate capitals in the US, you know, and next door is a longevity culture, a blue zone. So I found that incredibly Incredible. fascinating. Yeah, and we, I mean, um, and the whole trip was, was, like you said, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of work too, and I think it, it made me think a lot about the future and, and um, how I want to approach my work for sure and how I want to bring back these lessons and start to implement my own little longevity lifestyle here in in Sydney. I want to ask you about San Bernardino in a moment. I did not know that and that is absolutely (laughs) fascinating. But the question that comes up and even Damien and I get it regularly because we are such young people in this longevity space. Uh, So the question to you, which I'm sure you've been asked many times, why does someone in their 20s decide or how does someone in their 20s decide to record a documentary, created a documentary on longevity. It is it is a bit of a, a brain scratcher for many. Um, how did it come about for your good self? Uh, obviously, following on from the success of the gut movie, I'm, I'm guessing you, 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 you go, okay, what's next? How does it become, all right, I'm going to do something on longevity? Well, I think, I, I think especially now, and, and um, maybe not necessarily what I, did, what I thought going into it, that longevity and well-being in the current moment uh, are synonymous. And um, that's been one of the biggest things about this film is go- is realising and learning from these experts like yourself as well that to um, implement the, the principles of, of the longevity lifestyle uh, into your life now creates incredible well-being uh, and it most likely will add years to your life. So we're not just talking about a long life. We're talking about um, extreme well-being now. And that's always been a curiosity of mine. I mean, a lot of people out, uh, not a lot of people, I mean, it wasn't the masses uh, marching the streets, but a lot of people were asking for a sequel to the gut movie. Um, and that's not, that's not never, it was never going to happen because I think my work is always going to be an extension of what I'm curious about. And to learn that there are five, from you guys, really, mainly, um, that there are five cultures around the world who live longer and healthier than everybody else. And that sparks, naturally, a certain degree of curiosity. And whenever I'm curious about something, I want to investigate it. And when I'm investigating something, I want to document it. Um, And we did so visually this year. Uh, And also in the book, the Longevity book, which we've just launched. So, no, I think that's why, is that I want to live in a way that's, in my mind, more in alignment 
with a a sustainable approach to health and well-being. And I've always I question what I'm doing every single day. Um, not in a way that I'm uncertain, but just in a way that I'm I remain open to new ideas. And I think that's that's an important state of mind throughout life. Paul Chet was talking about this when I interviewed him in the film. Um, and this particular part didn't make it in the film, but he talked about the idea that rigidity of the mind, of the body, that's what gets us in the end. You know, when we close ourselves off to, to new ideas and um, new ways of, of approaching life, then I think we'll, um, we'll go. We'll go, you know. It shuts down uh, a lot of the excitement that, that we get to experience. So for me, that, that was why. It was just this deep curiosity around well-being that happens to also be tied in with with living a long time as well and you see it was so cool like doing the last couple of nights worth of screenings up in sydney um we've got a whole mix of generations come through and you could open up that box and say well that's actually one of the keys for longevity as well um but we've had young people my age we've had kids come through and watch the film we've had uh people in their 70s and 80s come and watch the film and that's super important i think that intergenerational interaction and that um, sort of timeless and uh, incredible wisdom that comes from uh, speaking with the people that I got to uh, certainly spans the generations and is not just limited, I think, to people trying to extend their life. Wow. Nice monologue. Um, that was amazing. Uh, <laughs> I think you've answered all of my questions. I don't need to ask them. <laughs> <at> all, but, uh... <laughs> Obviously, clearly, you've never been interviewed before, Kale. But uh, <laughs> Kale, uh, just I, I want to go back to we in the gut movie. We used a little bit of science. Um, we looked mm. at your microbiome, um, or actually, we looked at your poo, and we did, we understood what was actually in your poo um, in terms of bacteria. And then we looked at the diversity, and so we scienced it. Um, and these days, you can science the shit out of anything, and that's mm. what people try to do because we're in this we're stuck in a rut of evidence based approach to healthcare and mainstream medicine as opposed to an observational approach. Um, there's kind of disregard given to observation and there's this over-reliance on the scientific evidence. In this movie, they haven't really scienced it, you know, to the extent. And there's people out there, there's commentators, there's people that we've interviewed on podcasts that are, you know, calling themselves longevity experts because they're sciencing the shit out of stuff and trying to shorten or length, sorry, lengthen their telomeres. Mm. Why didn't you use science in this one? Like, what's why? Why did you, being such a young whippersnapper and being, you know, part of this now generation where everything's all evidence based? Why did you not science it much? Yeah, um, science is funny because I think it's important, but it's also become a bit of a surrogate religion. Um, but it's it's fallible, you know, and I think that. Uh, it's constantly, it should, this is ideally, it should constantly be trying to disprove itself, which means that it constantly thinks that it could be wrong. Um, mm. So for us to uh, weigh all our decisions based on the current science, I think is a, a silly idea. Uh, that's not to say that all the things we've learned over the past 10, 20, 30, 40 years haven't been helpful and irrelevant. But I think from an observational point of view, what, essentially what we're doing, we're zooming out, aren't we? So we're in the microbiome, we're micro, we're zooming in, we're looking at bacteria, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. When we look at things on a macro scale, we're looking at um, 
you know, societies. We're looking at people in general and cultures and how they live. And I think the results are really, um, you can't argue with them. I mean, these people are living longer, healthier lives by a huge stretch. Drastic, 98% less heart disease in Seventh-day Adventist women than other Californian women. Um, I think it's about, I know, I think it's about 68% for, for the men. Um, so, so these are huge statistics, and that tends to flow on throughout all the blue zones. Um, so, you know, and, and I think one of the biggest studies in the uh, longevity space was the <clears throat> Danish twin study, which showed that uh, aging is really only about 20 to 25% genetic. Um, so genetics, I think we sort of uh, couple in with, with science. So we spent, I think, in the film maybe, you know, 15 to 20% of the film talking about the science, so talking about how, uh, for instance, in Okinawa, eating <clears throat> high antioxidant seaweeds upregulates certain longevity genes in the body, like FOXO3, which then downregulates inflammation. So you're talking about that stuff. Um, I think is is relevant, and you know, we we could have gone more. We we could have talked about the hacks. We could have talked about intermittent fasting, which, by the way, none of the the cultures really do. They <laughs> might do some. They might do some religious fasting every now and then, but no intermittent fasting. Do so they have That's smashed avocado? Uh, when it, when it's in season, Domo, only when it's in season. In Loma right. Linda, actually. Do, do they have they kale smoothies? <laughs> they do in Loma Linda. Right. Okay. Do they meditate and um, and do Pilates and yoga before 9.30? No. No, they don't. And, and therefore, they do, though, find a form of stillness quite regularly. Yeah, right. yeah, which is nice. And uh, you saw you saw in the film that um i you know i took notes throughout the film we included that in the in the visuals uh and one of them was you know meditate more and i crossed it out and wrote live meditatively you know find oh, these opportunities mm. to 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 be still and and not necessarily still uh physically i think and that's one of the biggest things i want to talk about this one of my huge misconceptions going into this was like i'm going to find these people who are just like kicking back in hammocks sipping margaritas sipping sake um in okinawa you know and, and that's not true these people are busy they're engaged they've got a lot of work to do uh Ilias in ikaria you know works 10 12 hours 16 hour days on the farm then comes back and cooks for everyone at the restaurant these people are working hard and yet the way they do it, they burn the candle a lot slower and they're, they're in that zone. They're a lot more present for their life and they have little anchors um, to bring them back and uh, I think that's something that I brought back as well is, is looking at what were previously obstacles and annoyances as now opportunities to come back and, and rethink and be present and, you know, just just be here. Where else is there to be? Well, let's let's actually go. There are other places to be. I want to all go to Ikaria together right now on this podcast. <laughs> so let's I. let's go back to um, <laughs> because for people that watch the movie, they will be able to visualize this uh, exactly what we're talking about. Let's go to Ilya's farm um, because you've been there, we've been there. I think one of the most tranquil experiences we had uh, just recently on our trip to Ikaria was. Um, uh, we were picking. We, we we harvested six kilos of rosemary, so we were in nature. Um, when we were at Ilya's farm, uh, we're picking strawberries, or we're doing something. No, is... we weren't picking strawberries. There was none left because 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 took it all. Um, <laughs> they were all gone. <laughs> but this this notion of of finding a level of peace in nature is something that really I took home from our. This is our third trip to Ikaria. Like one of our most peaceful 
meditative days was at the beach, uh, swimming in the beautiful ocean, lying on the sand. We played racquetball. We we were moving, as you were saying, Kale. We weren't sitting still with our legs crossed looking for some inner peace. Um, we found that through moving, but we were doing it in nature in natural ways. Um, do you think that this message is something that people will obviously take away or do you feel like it's something that people need to graduate through? Because it seems so Captain Obvious, but we seem to be so blinkered uh, at the moment in 2019 that in order to create stillness, we must be still. How, how do you think people will graduate out of that? Yeah, I don't know. And I do wonder if these are things um, best experienced, <clears throat> you know, and that's why you would, you guys would know this, that, that people go through profound transformations whilst going to visit their career, I'm sure. That's the mind-blowing um, thing for us. It all happens organically, going for a hike, going for yeah. a swim, picking some rosemary. It's never, we don't do a mindfulness class. So they go, oh, can we sit down and do mindfulness? I'm like, you don't see any locals doing a mindfulness class. So, <laughs> no, we won't and we won't do yoga because you yeah. don't see Ilya doing yoga. No, I'm just going to say Marcus never says things like that. Like he wouldn't <laughs> ever speak to anybody like that. But you, that's what's going you, through his mind. Are you joking? Because you know that. No, you wouldn't say it like that. You'd say no. Well, look, you know, you don't see it around here. You, you, you wouldn't bark at it. Oh, maybe because I've had two coffees. Sorry, listeners, I've had two coffees. Yeah. I'm a bit aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you might get adrenal fatigue. Yeah, you might. You Watch might out. have a dysfunctional adrenal response. Oh, uh, look, I think um, I think we all have opportunities to to do that to to be for, for want of a, a better or less cheesy cliche saying to be in the moment. Um, for me, it's. I'm so, so lucky, and I've talked about this before. Um, I'm so, so lucky to have surfing as a major part of my life, something that I do every single day, and that's always been my anchor to, to be present, but I feel like probably outside of the water, um, I probably have a lot of work to do uh, because I don't have a job that requires me to, and you're the same, Marcus, to actually go out and socialise with people, and I think people find a lot of presence in socialising, um, but we're losing that number one skill and we're losing the habit of socializing now i think instead we're reaching to our phones um to grasp at some semblance of uh community whereas um i i just don't think it's ever going to offer that i think uh social media and all that sort of stuff is is great for raising awareness uh, spreading messages but one thing it's not great for is support uh i think support true support uh, really comes through interpersonal interaction or even interaction uh, with voice, you know, making a phone call. Um, so I think we really need to move more towards those activities. And like you said, not necessarily um, not necessarily forcing ourselves to slow down, but finding outcomes which require slowing down. So um, maybe it's cooking in the kitchen. Uh, if you want to be creative in the kitchen and, and do a good job on a meal, then you've got to be present and you've got to be engaged with, with what's going on. If you're using a super sharp knife, for instance, you're going to be really engaged and you can find flow in those activities. Um, but now we've kind of moved away, I think, from those activities that require 
or those outcomes that require slowing down, a lot of the things that we're rewarded for, if you think about it, are for being fast, being productive, uh, being, you know, really, um, I guess, very Western, if you will, in, in, in how we execute things. Um, I think we need to create some form of reward system based on, on um, slowing down. But again, not necessarily slowing down in the sense of uh, not being busy, um, but being more present in that busyness. And I don't know what that looks like yet, um, but I would certainly love to. What do you guys think, actually? Well, I think you're on the money. I think the whole PTC thing is really important. So, um, you know, present time consciousness is something that, you know, most of us have kind of lost. You know, I was I was somewhere the other day, maybe I was listening to something and someone was talking about, you know, the distraction of a mobile phone. You know, might be having a conversation and their mobile phone kind of flashes. And so they look down at the mobile phone to see, you know, what it was as opposed to staying present in that conversation. So there's that constant state of distraction, you know, whether or not you're sitting with somebody or now my Apple Watch vibrates on my wrist every time a message comes through. So <laughs> I've got to ignore it so that my, um, you know, my concentration doesn't lapse or, you know, go anywhere else. So I think the art of, of that is important. I think practicing mindfulness is really important. But the whole present time consciousness is uh, is crucial. I think that's what's going to bring us back into a state of connectedness. I think you're right there. And you mentioned something before, Kale, about um, – flow uh which you know at one point you were very interested in flow and the flow state and you're going to investigate that and you know Still I am. oh good good to hear <laughs> glad you haven't let that one go but i think flow kind of um flow underpins the concept of um what we used to call i, I suppose balance or um, oh, um homeostasis and so the word homeostasis, which applies to biological functions within the body, uh, pertains to, you know, a balanced state that the body, you know, kind of achieves. But really, the body achieves this kind of um, healthful state when it's in flow. And I think that's really important. And I think you achieve that through being present. Um, so I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how you investigate that. Yeah, and, and I think one of the easiest ways for us to access flow besides extreme sports is in, in conversation and engagement with, um, with other people, uh, whether it's literally sitting down and, and conversing over a meal or um, also uh, participating in group activities. You know, if you, that's why I think a lot of personal development workshops go, go through activities together, whether it's throwing a ball or... Um, playing some sort of um, mental strengthening game or, or, or whatever, um, that's a huge opportunity gone missing. Uh, where it's just again, I think it really comes down to us being having so much to do that, or, or allowing other things to take priority over these very simple uh, but very powerful uh, health tools. That, that we have access to such as you know chatting with people and something as simple as sitting down and having co a coffee so we're too busy for that now it's like it's <laughs> hard to catch up with people to sit down for a coffee how sad is that well i think you um, around, yeah go ahead i, I think i think you made a really good point of this in the movie uh visually as much as anything but i really felt it when you were in okinawa and you were having a meal or it might have even just been a cup of tea uh, with the family that was hosting you. And it demonstrated that, that socialising can sometimes be 
want a better term, awkward or uncomfortable, um, particularly mm. in that case where they don't speak English, you don't speak a lot of Japanese. Uh, but many, <laughs> many times we often feel that people don't speak <laughs> our language, like people are looking for their tribe because they don't feel understood and all of this and, and, and people feel like, you know, um, they are speaking another language. So can you share with us um, those moments in the film where you felt almost uh, that 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 power of, social connection because I kind of – I'll ask it in the same question. That whole premise you made earlier about San Bernardino in the States having the highest murder rate capital in the US and it's right next door to Loma Linda, a part of me feels like that's a large part is because the social structure is not as embedded as it is in in Loma Linda. Um, But can you share us your experiences as you're making the movie um, around that, that social muscle? Oh, so many, so many. It was one of the most consistent threads throughout the experience. Um, it started off, I think, in Okinawa going to a Mawai, uh, which is a social group that is established at a very young age uh, in which people are expected to um, be involved for, for pretty much the rest of their life, you know, sometimes 95 years, you know, or even 100 years plus. Um, so going to hang out with Yoshiko, who's one of our characters in the film, uh, who's a very busy, very active, very vital uh, 93-year-old, she was incredibly engaged in this moa and she's up there dancing and singing in front of everyone and then uh, later on that afternoon she's hosting us. She's, she's social all day. Then she, then she took us to karaoke in the, in the afternoon. And you look around and there's none of that I've really struggled to articulate this but there's none of that awkwardness there in those moments whereas you go to and again i don't know what this is you go to some social gatherings here uh in a similar context perhaps they're more community driven for instance it's a community event um so whatever our uh, analogous mawai is here and there's a lot more awkwardness there there's a lot less authentic um interaction going on and this is purely a subjective uh sorry objective opinion um wait subjective objective (laughs) i do this all the time i think i think you're saying you want to say subjective (laughs) subjective i I did get it right okay cool um that's purely subjective (laughs) assessment but i think um it's just different and and there's no guards there's no barriers up there and i spoke with thaya about this at Tazin, and i said what is it i said how people are just act differently here what what do they have going on she said everybody knows everybody here these communities are small enough so that there is a massive amount of social accountability with how you behave there's an expectation on how you behave and there's also and it might sound a little bit negative but there's actually a little bit of pressure there's a, there's a little bit of pressure to be an honorable person to be a giving person to be a caring person I think with those expectations, and it's the same in Okinawa, and it's the same in, in Loma Linda, which happens to come more from a religious point of view, uh, that there is this expectation that they have to behave um, in a certain way and, and be good people. And I think with that, over time, growing up with that, it becomes less, it becomes embedded into their morality and their value sets. And so they just, Everybody acts the same and everybody knows each other and everybody trusts each other. So those social networks are so strong and powerful 
you know, in Okinawa, in the Mawais, they actually group their money together and then give the money to whoever needs it most, you know, each each month. And, and the money just circles around. To give your money away, to trust your money with someone else, we think about that here and we go, oh, wow, you know, that's crazy. But over there, it's just, you know, it's a big part of their culture. In, in Korea, and I'm sure you guys know this, I think um, 40 to 50% of the, the island votes for the Communist Party. You know, they're very... They um, are very independent. They're, yes, they're very independent <laughs> they and they want to be, they want to be a, a community. They want to be together. Um, mm. So I think all those things, all those examples are just, um, were really powerful and very tangible, as tangible as the, as the salad that I was eating, as the wild goat that I was eating, um, experiences uh, which I got to, which I was very lucky to document and then come back and and certainly spend a lot of time contemplating. Nice. Kale. I know when people are listening to this, they're thinking, oh, when's it going to be? Well, tonight uh, being the 7th of November, I'm just dating that because <laughs> it's, it's, I think it's important um, because people are going to miss this one. You're actually in Sydney in Randwick for an event tonight, so um, hopefully that goes really well for you. By the time this goes to air, in just a couple of days' time, in fact, only one day time um, in being tomorrow, that will be that'll be the 12th of november um you you'll be here in melbourne and we'll be doing the premiere in melbourne um at the astor theater which is exciting so there'll still be some tickets available for that so people can go to carlbrock.com.au and click on films then click on the longevity film and then click on or just go down and you'll see um you know the the listing but you go melbourne 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 geelong adelaide melbourne melbourne bunbury perth evoca beach shell harbour um, Darwin, Cairns, Sunshine Coast, Gold Coast, Byron Bay, Brisbane, Albury, Canberra, Nelson Bay, Adelaide Hills, Sydney, Sydney, Newcastle. <laughs> and I think where I – the other day I was looking through, then it looked like there was some stuff going on overseas as well. So you're taking this worldwide, which is exciting. So there's plenty of opportunity for people to see it. Um, no excuses, think, in other words. <laughs> yeah, there's no excuses. A lot of people said to me after the gut movie had finished being screened, oh, I didn't get a chance to see it. You know, when can I get it on um, Netflix? Well – it's still not on Netflix, I don't think, is it? No, unfortunately. Ah, so you're not going to be able to bloody see it. Get on to the one of the cinemas and uh, and support Kale in this movie and uh, and come down and have a look at it and learn some stuff and take away from it some great things that you've had to implement into your own life in around longevity. How do these people live a long time? You'll get to learn it uh, by coming to the longevity film. I think there's also like the reason – it's so funny. I posted an Instagram yesterday and I said, I think it's really important that we, <clears throat> as many people as possible, see this film in a community setting. And like four of the comments were, how can I watch this online? Well, <laughs> you know? like, yes, I can I spend um, enough time doing that? Martin Scorsese has just written an article in the New Yorker or the New York Times uh, essentially, he was saying that um, Marvel movies aren't movies. They're like theme park movies, and we've lost the art of, of um, movie as an art form for the big screen And because we're all mm. watching our movies on Netflix and we're not having that cinema experience, which a lot of movies are made for. And it's you know, I, I couldn't agree more that a movie like the Longevity film, um, as much for the messaging, but also as Anne Catlin, our great friend, mutual friend from Go Vida, who went to the, the uh, first screening the other night, said it was just so great to be in a cinema, to be able to see what Ikaria looked like, to be able to see what Okinawa looked like, to be able to see what Loma Linda looked like. 
in a big setting, not on your iPhone sitting on the couch or, you know, even on your TV. Uh, there's something special um, about an independent theatre showing a film such as this. And uh, look, for all of our listeners of 100 Not Out, you've heard us bang on enough about the importance of real-life experiences and uh, getting along to see the longevity film around Australia and the world. Uh, we think, as biased as we as the three of us are, is a, is a high priority. Thank you, guys. Thanks very much. No worries. Well, I think the key thing is, folks, get along to kalebrock.com.au for all of those screenings and dates. You can get all your tickets through Kale's website. He is traveling right around the country over November and December. Make sure you get along. I'll be at the one in Byron Bay. Kale's going to come here and spend a few days up in the Byron Shire, which I feel very blessed uh, about. (laughs) So um, Kale and I will be – that's December 10. Uh, and the great man DK, where are you, DK? You are. are you, have you got a birthday one? No, you're, your birthday's November nineteen. That's Adelaide. So, Damo, you're. Uh, are you in the Astor and the Mornington? No, I'll be uh, Astor and Parkdale. So that's on the twentieth. So the day after my birthday, I will be um, glowing longevity at that point in time. Uh, is that Shirley? Is that Shirley Burke Theatre? That's the Shirley Burke Theatre. Yep. So there's two screenings that night. Um, and then there's one screening, of course, um, at the Astor. So I'll be at those three screenings at this point in time. Maybe I'll get down to Geelong, not too sure. Um, I haven't. I don't know if I'm going to get down to Mornington. Well, it's going to be an incredible event. Uh, Kale, well done again on what you've been able to achieve. Not one, but two incredible uh, documentaries covering two, uh, what well, to say important topics is uh, completely underwhelming, but covering gut health and longevity within the space of three years is no mean feat. And uh, we honour and thank you for your contribution to the industry and, uh, and in positively contributing to so many people's lives. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me today. No worries at all. To find out more about Kale, head on over to kalebrock.com.au. Damo, head on over to damienchristoff.com. Myself, marcuspierce.com.au. Damo, as always, thanks again for your wisdom on this episode. You're most welcome, Pierce. It's always great. Very, we're very, uh, I don't know whether I was still, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, good. It just went really quiet. And I thought, oh, maybe he does want me to talk here. Thank you so much, mate, for giving the opportunity to talk about this film. It, it, like, longevity is dear to my heart. I love it. And obviously, my grandfather did it really well, but I want to do it better than he did. So, uh, you know, for me to be able to learn more about this and to share it, it's a great thing. But thank you so much for your greatness and great wisdom. And Carl Broccoli, thanks for joining us today as well. Uh, it's been Thanks, fantastic. Uh, to head on over to thewellnesscouch.com forward slash 100 on out to check out the entire archive of our 345 episodes. I think four or five of them feature the great Kale Brock. Remember to share this podcast with a friend. Open up the world of podcasts to your friends and family. You will open up a whole new world. They will thank you for it for the rest of your life. And until next week, as always, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.